I read comics, show number 55. It's Saturday night. It's kind of hot. Mm-hmm. Our neighbors are having a party. <laughs> and um, I have to apologize in advance for my voice being kind of rough. It was because we went to an amusement park yesterday and went on some rides. And I was screaming a lot like a very small child. <laughs> but anyway, as I think I've mentioned um, many times before, the person who's responsible for me being really into comics, and in fact for my entire comic book collection, is my oldest brother. And he came out to visit for a little while, and I thought, oh, what a perfect opportunity to actually delve into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to introduce my brother. Hello. Um, <laughs> who has kindly agreed to sit here and chat about comics for a while. Excellent. Because even though I've known you for almost my entire life. I think almost? Almost my entire life. Yes. I don't think we've ever really talked about, like, how you got into comics. Um, so why don't you tell me? Because I, I don't really know. I don't really know either. <laughs> Let me think about it. Uh, these are all uh, okay. So, so for clarification, you're eight years older than I am. Yes. Yes. So we're older fans, <laughs> both of us. You're somewhat older than me. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you were buying comics right when, like, Marvel was starting to come out with things yeah. like Fantastic Four, right? Well, Dad uh, supplied, of course, the twelve cents necessary mm-hmm. for every one of those comics, mm-hmm. and um, he must have been okay with it. I, I don't know. That we, uh, he wasn't reading them before before us. I don't think because well, don't ask me. I don't remember. No, I'm thinking about it now. The, the earliest earliest ones that I remember because I, I think I just tried to keep them all together were these the very early Fantastic Fours, not not number one or anything mm-hmm. like that, but um, maybe number twelve or mm-hmm. certainly under number twenty uh, as far as Fantastic Fours and and uh, Spider Man mm-hmm. and. Um, they were there, so Dad must have gotten them for us before we even went out and walked around to the sweet shop around the corner <laughs> and, went, and went to buy them really, ourselves. Is that where you bought them, yeah, the sweet yeah. shop? Wow. And yeah. it was, just for clarification again, it was actually a store called The, the sweet, sweet Shop. shop. <laughs> yes, and you, went, you walked around the corner from our little neighborhood, our yeah. little 1950s development, uh, and um, it was really only a matter of like two blocks. Yeah, and, yeah. I used to buy um, Broadway rolls. And, those the, were good. and they had they had a little comic book stand on the left hand side and they had a counter on the right hand side uh-huh. where they served milkshakes uh-huh. and stuff. And in the middle were these dusty racks of bags of marbles mm-hmm. and, and uh, jacks and army men and toys like that. They had a phone booth in the back. Probably yeah. I remember that. Like with a door with a, with a yeah, yeah. A, like an accordion yes, door that you had yes. to get in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so Dad must have gotten us the comic books, but how you know, we we knew about him at ver- he, maybe he was a secret fan. <laughs> I'm sure he had the 1940s comic books, you know, sure. Captain America. Well, and maybe when when he saw them pop up again yeah. in, in the, the beginning of the Silver Age, he thought, you know, okay, well, I'll show these to the kids. That's interesting. I remember him bringing things home, though. He would bring home something for us and give it to the kids. You know, he worked shift work, and he yeah. was there at weird times, and he would pop in, and he would have, like, one thing in his hand, and it would be, like, an army man or a, a monster <laughs> toy or something, you know, some plastic uh-huh. thing. And maybe he brought a comic book home at one time, and, and we 
I instantly latched onto it. So. Yeah, because I, I don't really ever remember him reading comic books. Um, of course, he was a voracious reader of science fiction, mm-hmm. and we had hundreds of science fiction books and magazines around the house. But I, I just don't remember. Although I do remember he liked watching um, things like the Superman cartoons, like the Fleischer cartoons. Yeah, yeah. So we he all knew watched. Them. He that knew kind of about stuff. them. Yeah, so yeah. he knew about, and he knew about how how good the early Popeye cartoons mm-hmm. are. And there's a there's a big collection coming out uh, of the first. 60 Popeye cartoons. Oh, really? Yeah, like totally res- restored. restored. <sighs> Black and white, totally restored. Awesome. And it's on DVD. It's, it's, I think it actually came out like July 30th, wow. so I wanted to get that. I wanted, oh, that would be you know, cool. I was asking for that for my birthday. But <laughs> the person I was asking said, how am I going to get that for you? Yeah. I was like, well, just look on Amazon. I'm sure it's, it'll be out. You know, It was, it was advertised on TV. Actually. Oh, I didn't see that. that. That would be cool, yes. What I remember from, uh, though, I mean, you know, every kid is a collector, you know, when they first mm-hmm. get things. And I remember that the Fantastic Four comics were mine. And my brother's, you know, two years younger than mm-hmm. me, two and a half years younger than me. He likes Spider-Man. Yep, and, I remember um, that. And I'm not sure how how quickly they did. You know, the first Jack Kirby was, uh, I guess, the Fantastic Four and the Hulk mm-hmm. were very, very early. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know how many years later Spider-Man came. Only one or two years later? It wasn't later? that much later. I Actually, in the collection, um, the, when I last looked through it, I think the earliest Spider-Man we have is, is number 12, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're pretty consistent after that for a while right. until into the well, like the seventies or eighties, and then they got a little. Spotty. Yeah, we had subscriptions. Do you remember uh, that? No, they got <laughs> to the house. Really? <laughs> you don't remember? Oh boy! It's like um, you were probably not even old <laughs> enough. Yeah, um, they, they we had subscriptions to a Fantastic Four and Spider Man. One for you know, one Fantastic Four for me and Spider Man for my brother and um, and uh, your brother and um, <laughs> the one we share. Yeah, that brother. We'll name him some Cosmic <laughs> Boy and. <laughs> He and, looks like Cosmic uh, <laughs> Boy now. He doesn't have too much hair left. I, we were just joking that uh, I was going to use a, a, a pseudonym. I was going to use Bouncing Boy because as a young boy, I probably resembled Bouncing Boy. I just saw that Legion book that you let me read last <laughs> night had Bouncing Boy slimmed down. Yes. With, with an explanation. I love how everything has an explanation. <laughs> have an explanation for something impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a ray that you stepped in front of that reduced you just to a slender size accidentally well, from see, a fatso size. See, he lost his powers. He got thin. But at the right. same time, Matter Eater Lad got really fat <laughs> yeah. from all the, I don't know what you're eating. All the matter. Was, the matter he was eating. But then somebody fixed it. So oh, it was okay. Man. And th- the reset switch got flipped and everything went back to normal. So anyway, so my brother, what did he call it? Cosmic Boy? We'll my brother Cosmic um, Boy, yeah. was, uh, he liked Spider-Man. So, we, so you could get a, an annual subscription to these things. And they came folded over once in a paper sleeve, a brown paper sleeve. Mm-hmm. So they were, you know, almost letter size, I guess, because you fold it, business letter size. And uh, so consistently, we would have those wow. those uh, for a couple of years. That's how we were we were so good. And uh, I guess they didn't really get hurt too much from mm-hmm. the handling at that point. I think yeah. maybe the post office wasn't as rough as they are now. <laughs> um, but I, what I was going to say about that is that every kid is a collector in a way. When it's something that you're favorite, you want to save them up and you keep them in order and you read them over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, in order to see what's going on. So I remember thinking at the time that they were mine and they were valuable and I wanted to keep them. And so I think most of them I kept pretty well. I, I do remember that there were a couple early ones that got destroyed, though, just because mm-hmm. I was, you know, not smart enough to, I, I don't know what, well, 63, 62, mm-hmm. the early Fantastic Four? Yeah, one? I think 63. So I yeah. was 63, I was I was eight. So, um, uh, you know, maybe six or seven years old, I didn't know the value of them. But I'm, I'm trying to remember, too, if there were even earlier ones that were not Marvel that, that were around the house. And maybe maybe Dad thought that they were a good way to teach us to read. You know, he was buying comic books and... Mom was, you know, buying regular, you know, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> and 
they both were good. They complemented each Definitely. other. Definitely. I, I still have the, all of our Dr. Seuss books, ones that, that you had and mm-hmm. Cosmic Boy had and then I had, I still have them. <laughs> because they have... So what does that make you? Some lass? I, I guess I'm a lass. I don't know what, though. <laughs> He's Cosmic Boy. I would like to be Saturn Girl, but I'm not blonde. Saturn Girl, yeah. And I can't read people. I minds. know. That's the thing about the, the Legion. You have to pick somebody that, you know, you could theoretically be. Yeah, you know... <laughs> the right hair color or... Um, I didn't read the Legion like after um, after a certain age. I wasn't I wasn't buying comic books mm-hmm. and I wasn't reading them. And I, I have read that they had a woman in the Legion whose name was Infectious Lass. <laughs> no son, way! Yeah, for real, for real. She was yeah. I don't know. If she, I, maybe she wasn't in the Legion, but she that <laughs> she was cheered. her power. That was her power. Was infecting. Uh, Isn't that horrible? Uh, <laughs> that's where all these pro- these troubles came that? from. Yeah. So and you know what? Looking at that Legion book, it just seems funny because. I, I do remember the mid-60s Fantastic Four and Spider-Man were what everybody says. They were realistic. Mm-hmm. The, the storylines, you know, I mean, other than the fact that planets were being smashed, <laughs> the, the characters had, like, a realism. They were grounded in New York, New York City. City. yes. And that was, and we were just outside of New York City. Mm-hmm. So we knew what those areas looked like. When we went to visit our grandparents in Brooklyn, there really were those wooden water towers mm-hmm. on top of flat-top buildings that really looked like Spider-Man and and uh, comic books made things look. And, and so the Legion and, and DC Comics definitely were like reading a different kind of fiction than mm-hmm. Marvel. And it was good in its own way, but it was really more like playing with dolls, uh, you know, like zooming things around the room and, you know, Superman and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff was very kind of outer spacey and, and play, active play. And, and I think Marvel Comics seemed much more thoughtful and... and um, I don't know, like a like like a soap opera. You know. So looking through the comics, I noticed that um, there's a lot of Superman comics mm-hmm. and a lot of Legion comics and Superboy because those were being the Legion originally appeared in Superboy mm-hmm. comics as like the backup story, and not too many Batman comics. Hmm. Why is that? Um, I hmm, I don't know. Um, there are some, but not a lot. A lot more Superman. I liked Superman. I think I like Superman better. Um, I'm trying to remember, you know, Batman now by the mid mid sixties. Um, I don't remember what the Batman comics were really like before the Batman TV show mm, transformed mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Um, it it might be that they just weren't that interesting to us. Um, I think when and, and the Batman TV show was sixty six or something like that. I yeah, think am so, I yeah. remembering right? Because then I, I do remember that the comic book started to change to resemble mm-hmm. the TV show more. And maybe I, I actually liked it then. Um, <laughs> but right before that, um, it I never really liked just true crime type stories. And, and, and I, I'm not sure what they were like. I mean, Superman was definitely more exciting than Batman. Uh, he had, I mean... The fact that they had World's Finest <laughs> combine Superman and Batman together in an adventure, they had some pretty... You know, crazy ways of combining a guy who had no powers at all <laughs> with a guy who had all the powers in the world. I mean, what's the connection between these two dudes? You know, it's just, I, I don't even see how they do it. It's like Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Well, they both have green in their name, but what's the relationship between these two guys? One has no powers at all other than good eyesight for <laughs> shooting arrows, and the other one has cosmic galaxy busting yes. powers. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, uh, there, there was uh, maybe, 
I think now that I'm thinking about it, I did like the combination of Superman and Batman together. Maybe the Batman comics themselves weren't that great. Mm-hmm. They weren't that just imagination-inducing. Mm-hmm. So, And Superman had his whole universe, too, you know? Oh, yeah. All the Superman spin-off stuff, and it, it just led you down that path. Mm-hmm. I do remember buying Supergirl mm-hmm. comic books just because there were stories that were tying back into mm-hmm. Superman and Superboy comic books, and then the Legion comic books and those things. It led you down a certain path, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, and that's that's about all I remember about it. Mm-hmm. I'd have to you know I'd have to look back through the collection to even see what was really there. Yeah. I'm not sure whether the, some of this stuff is what got saved and some of it got thrown out. I do remember mom mom purged uh, early once. Really? She, yeah, that's another thing that I remember. So we can reveal that at this time. She's not in the house right now. Um, <laughs> I'll never um, tell her. Yeah, there was an early uh, batch of comic books that she threw away. Mm-hmm. Or gave away. I think she gave them away mm-hmm. to some poor child in the neighborhood. You know, Dad did a lot of stuff for people that needed help because he was had mechanical skills and he was working for public service. And, and he would wind up meeting people by fixing heat in their homes and stuff. And he really did meet, meet people that needed, sometimes needed food. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember him... I, I think that the story really was that there were some poor kids. I was I was being funny just a moment ago, but there really were. And maybe this, this is like, you know, the pet that they don't want to keep in the house anymore is going to go live on a farm. <laughs> the comic books are going to go live with some poor kid that really needed them. But I believe it. I think that there probably was somebody who didn't have that stuff. And my mother wanted, uh, mom wanted to get rid of the comics. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, they probably gave away like maybe 50 comic wow. books. and. Yeah, if I knew what those were right now, they would have been the earliest ones. They would yeah. have been early Fantastic Fours and Spider-Mans and things. So we lost them, but maybe they went to some kid, you know. So uh, that there were probably good ones in there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll never know. So yeah. that's okay. We won't worry about that. Um, so let's see. Um, so there's. I'm, I'm thinking about when I, I went through and I like put everything in bags and boards. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was Fantastic Four. Um, I'm thinking of things that there were a lot of. Mm-hmm. So lots of Fantastic Four, lots of Superman and Superboy comics. Um, lots of Thor comics. I love Thor. <laughs> he was blonde, muscular. Um, he had a cool hammer. And uh, I don't know, something about the, you know, the, uh, you know, Dad used to listen to Wagnerian operas <laughs> later on. But yeah. I think early on, he, you know, there was this, this, this kind of, approval that you got from dad for certain things that you were interested in because mm-hmm. he would express some interest in it and you were really grooving on the fact that mm-hmm. he that he thought there was something interesting if there was even some kind of music like he liked he liked the monkeys better than the beatles really because uh, the monkeys had now that i listen i was just listening to some early beatles records uh from help in that yeah. era and some of their stuff was a little out there even then and 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 their harmonies were a little different than the traditional american pop music stuff that the monkeys, you know, because mm-hmm. they had all those people writing, mm-hmm. pop writers writing for them, and they did more traditional harmony stuff. And the monkeys, you could even say, in some of their songs, were a little more listenable mm-hmm. than some of the Beatle music that was already by 65 or 66 getting out there. Mm-hmm. You know, a uh, little, you know, Ravi Shankarish and mm-hmm. some of the George Harrison stuff. So so Dad would hear a monkey song and say, hey, I really like that. That's, that's really good. So, and then you would say, oh, Dad likes it. That's good. <laughs> or, you know... The Thor comic book comes and he looks at it and says, wow, you know, they're really using some of the mythology stuff that's mm-hmm. real. And uh, and uh, he would read it and, and you could talk about it and it would just spark your interest to mm-hmm. find out that there was more 
there was more going on in Thor comic books that was relating to other parts of, you know, real mythology. I think they, you know, they went crazy with it yeah. and everything. But Loki was like a real thing and, and Baldor was like a real guy, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the legends and, and, and Odin and all that stuff. And, and that was interesting in itself. So I just, and Jack Kirby, anything that Jack Kirby drew at that time and Joe Sinnott, mm-hmm. I think, inked, um, uh, was good. I just liked it visually. I just liked the way he did it. So I followed all those mm-hmm. things. So, and and that got really crazy. You know, Thor stuff really went down deep down its road of the storylines. And, you know, Ragnarok was around the corner every <laughs> single time. I remember Odin had to pull some giant sword that was like, he had the handle of it. You know, he had to, it was like a tree trunk size thing. And if you pulled that sword out of its thing, that was Ragnarok. And that was... That was going on at that time. <laughs> it's always, you know, the end of the... Anything that happened to do with the end of the universe <laughs> happening, I like that stuff. I was apocalyptic, I guess, as a kid. It, those were important struggles, you know. Uh-huh, I, the, I, trying, trying not to have the universe end was an important thing, even in the 60s. Um, okay, so um, lots of Thor. Uh, now we can talk about one of my most favorite things, which is okay. Conan. Oh, yeah. Which, now, how did you know to start buying it at number one? Well, Dad uh, had... <laughs> All those Conan paperbacks. Yes, which, which we all read. Which I we mean, read, right. Yeah. So when Conan was coming out as a comic book, and, and, you know, Marvel advertised within itself mm-hmm. all the time that, you know, Conan was coming, and and uh, it was, you know, it was something to say, look, they're going to make a comic book of Conan. Um, I, and buying two, which I did at the yes. time. Do we still have yes, two? Yes, we still have okay, two. Okay, we have two number ones. Um, <laughs> buying two was like a significant... Investment for yeah, because it was twenty four cents. Were the twenty four right? I believe they were twelve um, cents. And and um, it was something. It was just something to do. It was because I I really liked it. it was, you know the drawings, the the drawings, <laughs> the drawings, the art, yeah, the, the art. art. It's art. <laughs> the sketching that they did was pretty sketchy. That you know what. Barry Windsor Smith. Barry, yeah. what well, what was he at the beginning? It was just Barry Smith. Barry Smith. The right. Okay, that's what I was trying to remember. That Barry Smith had a weird perspective on things, you know, people were, people were coming towards the point of view of the, of the reader and their heads were big and their feet were very tiny. <laughs> yes. And, uh, so he had his own particular style, but he knew what he was doing, mm-hmm. you know, even if he wasn't, if all his drafting skill wasn't probably up to what he later well, did. Well, he was like 18 yeah, years old yeah. or something. And, yeah. and as I read in some of that stuff that, that you were showing me, he was very stressed out with yes. the whole idea of having to actually draw something to his schedule. But, um, it was important at the time to us, you know, cause the, the the you know what's funny the Conan novels were were put together even I mean when we were reading them they were reprinted mm-hmm. for an audience in the 60s that were you know reading because fantasy stuff was just coming back and the Lord of the Rings was going to be reprinted in let me think about this yeah the Lord of the Rings was reprinted because I bought copies of that in paperback when I was in grade school so that had to be in the mid 60s mm-hmm. or maybe late 60s um um and so the Conans had been around, and they were collections of short stories and, like, one novel. And some of them were even had different authors, though, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. he had written partials, partials and they finished yeah, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So they were kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah, finished a lot of and them. And they yeah. put together those things for the readers, and and um, they were uneven. Mm-hmm. They were not all great, and, and some of them were strange. And and uh, so it was a mysterious thing, too. And, and I guess the greatest thing about the Conan books for a kid who liked comic books was the art, the cover art was for Zeta's cover art was just awe inspiring. Mm-hmm. You could just look at that, you know, that those paintings for hours. Um, and they really matched some of the, the story mm-hmm. 
the mood of the stories and and the comic books were you know were exciting that they were going to actually come out yeah. like that. Um, it, I remember reading those a lot, like because I did the same thing that you did, which was to read them over and over again. And um, I hadn't read any of them, including the the Barry Windsor Smith stuff, until probably last year or the year before. And I bought the um, the trade paperbacks that had finally come out, and they did a little bit of recoloring on them. And I was struck by how beautiful the art still is. I mm-hmm. mean, you're right. In the earliest ones, it's still a little sketchy because he's not quite sure what he's doing, and there's a lot of Kirby influence there that mm-hmm. he kind of got rid of later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but they look so good, and, and Roy Thomas was writing the mm-hmm. uh, adaptations of the stories, and they're really, really good. I remember reading, um, after he left the book, John Buscema started mm-hmm. doing the art for it, and I like and I remember liking it then, and in one of the collections, it starts to be that, and I just don't like it as much, you know? Mm-hmm. There's something a little bit it's a, lacking. It's a different mood. Yeah. I mean, weren't they, the, early on, didn't they have, like, Savage Sword was, like, a bigger edition comic book? It than, was the magazine size, yeah. it was black and white. And yeah. it had a different mood. Yeah, I mean, totally. the one, the thing that Barry Smith was trying to do was match a mood that was more, like, a short story mm-hmm. level type thing, and... and when the things, it, it was the place and the time that they tried to set, you know, in, in the, the, the way it was framed and the way it was paced and everything like that. And I think the other, you know, kind of the Savage Sword stuff was more, I, I think it was really geared towards action. Mm-hmm. And Conan was a different character at that point. But, and, and that might have been legitimate for the way some of the stories were written because Conan went through a whole mm-hmm. life yeah. in those books Unevenly again, mm-hmm. but there was a time when he was just a uh, soldier for hire, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and maybe that's kind of more part of that. But yeah, I mean, every artist and writer, I mean, even at the time that they're doing it, when they're talented, they're not in complete control of the product. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing it to the level, the, the best level of their ability. But when you look back on it, you know, in the context, it might be very, you know, late 70s looking. The, the more, you know, John Buscema's more traditional. Very traditional, yeah. Way of doing comic books is just something he couldn't or, or didn't want to make. From what we were reading in the, in some of that stuff, they sold better, though. Yeah, yeah, they did. I know, so, that's, that's a weird thing. So yeah. maybe they did know what they were doing. Yeah. So um, that that was that was something, though, that I didn't think was as good either. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it, the, I think some of the stories were retreads, even. They, they repackaged yeah. them, and, and so the first time through was, was the exciting time. Yeah. It was really offbeat and everything, and then then it got to be more like a commercial enterprise. I think that's exactly right. I liked it when Conan, I liked it better when Conan was not wearing uh, a steel cap on his head. <laughs> I don't know whether he always did in the in the Barry Smith things, or they moved the horns. I think yeah. Barry Smith had two horns coming out the front, yeah. and by the time uh, the, the other guy was drawing it, the horns were coming out the sides. But that, whenever he had the steel cap on, it was just like, well, we're going to have a lot of sword fighting. Yeah, but well, in the, fact... The encounters with monsters and wizards were the more interesting parts of that. The, in one of the stories, one of the there's a woman who's about to kiss him, and she says, "Take that off. You look like a yak." <laughs> <laughs> and they leave it off for and a while. They leave it off for oh, a while, that was good. Which was good. But um, there, there was I, I started calling him upon reading those Barry Smith stories again, Conan the supermodel, because he was drawn so beautifully. Like his face was just drawn in this like exquisitely heightened like male beauty style mm, that Barry bones. Smith, yeah, yeah, like incredibly high cheekbones yeah. and really big lips and the piercing yeah. blue eyes and his black hair was just very <laughs> artfully kind of flailing around his face. Yeah. And I, I just love that. I think it was so good because it, it like you said, it really matched the mood. It was mm-hmm. so over the top. Yeah, he didn't it look was like a real guy. It he looked need, like yeah. an idealized and guy. And it needed that for a cartoon, but yeah. Frazetta's paintings had a quality of Conan being indeterminately, uh, 
Chinese, Mongolian. Yeah, definitely. Um, Much but, more ethnic. But yeah, but but in a way you couldn't really describe. It was weird, you mm-hmm. know. I don't think anybody could draw those things consistently like he did those paintings. Uh, I, I'm thinking of a couple of of them in particular where where his his he was chiseled and etched, but um, he he had a heavier brow and his eyes were just like slits mm-hmm. and and. You, you know, no, Neanderthal yeah, looking. no one looks like that. You yeah. know, <laughs> that that I remember any, anybody ever looking like that, and certainly Arnold never looked like that. Arnold never could carry off the the bangs across the mm-hmm. top of his forehead and and the kind of black hair. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the things that Conan was great. There was, you know, he was an impossible collection of 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 attributes when mm-hmm. when written by what Robert E. Howard. Yeah, okay, yeah. But I love that about him, you know? The, the, yeah. That whole little preface thing where, you know, he had gigantic mirth and gigantic knowing because <laughs> yeah. everything about him was just bigger. Yeah, and he could hang by like one <laughs> finger from like a ledge. Uh-huh. You know, this is what I actually talked to somebody about this at work. <laughs> Conan was impervious to the cold because mm-hmm. he grew up in the cold. That's so, right. like, a, like a, it was like a superpower of yours. Once you grew up in the cold, you were impervious, and he could walk around. You never feel the cold, but he could also hang like from one finger. But you know what? Guys who are like professional rock climbers, they do that. They stuff? do that. Mm-hmm. They actually train their fingers on these boards, mm-hmm. and they warm up by like hanging by different fingers on the special boards that they build. And they, you know, the rock climbers when they want to rest when they're climbing, the guys that are mm-hmm. just like free climbing Mm -hmm. they'll take their hand and they'll wedge it in between a crevasse Mm -hmm. and they'll hang by like their wedged hand so they're not expending any energy just hanging by their hand wedged (sighs) in there like it's a dead part of their body and then when they've rested they'll climb back up by their fingernails or whatever and do that so so in a way i don't think that the author knew that you could actually do that but he he kind of made that happen in the Mm -hmm. stories and real life i think caught up to Wow. Weird, yeah. That's totally superpowers. Weird. Superpower. Well, yeah. <laughs> Real superpowers. Kind of like that. Um, and, and I told you before that um, I'm really enjoying the new Dark Horse Conan stuff, which mm. is very different from anything that went before, but I really mm-hmm. like it. I think the art is beautiful, and they're being um, pretty true to the flavor of the stories and not mm-hmm. the original comic books. They've gone back to the source material, and they're trying to recreate that world a little more um, a little more depth to it. Yeah. So it, it seems more like a place and a time that could have existed rather mm-hmm. than kind of the two-dimensional approach. Yeah, there were real attributes to that. I, I, I don't know how much effort. I'd have to go back and look in the stories that, that he tried to make it consistent. But there was a mm-hmm. real world. Yeah, there was that, real that, geography. And, and, and a history to the different sections of yep. it. And, and I mean, the, he put Conan in a bunch of different areas of it that had that had interacting storylines and really meant something. Mm-hmm. But how consistent he was in the actual stories, I don't know. But, you know, it's up to people further down the line to see if it all makes sense somehow, you know. Oh, yes. So. We love Conan. Um, let's see. Um, what else is there a lot of? Oh, well, you were talking about this before. Um, the Metal Men. Mm. <laughs> now, how did you get turned on to the Metal Men? Or did you just see it and buy it and go, oh, um, this is weird? <laughs> I, I think when it first came out, uh, you know, it was something that was that was interesting. And that definitely sucked you in and developed mm-hmm. like this thing because it was, uh, like we were saying before in, in our conversation at another time, um, it was totally... Um, it was a totally emotional comic book. Mm-hmm. It, it was every character had like some some emotional outburst of anger. I mean, even some of their 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 right. mental Mer- outlook. Mercury, yeah, right? Mercury yeah, was yeah. angry all the time, and Tin was was like kind of scared, and mm-hmm. and uh, and Lead was like a little bit slow, and you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just so bizarre. And Tina was in love with you Dr. know Will. the Doctor, <laughs> and and everyone was like in love with somebody else, and it was like this terrible soap opera, and they were all sacrificing each other, and. 
for, sacrificing themselves for each other. Every and, and, single issue. Yeah, and, and it was it was a drama. It was it like was. a real drama on top of all these things. It's such a crazy, crazy comic book. And, and I was telling you the plot of this one where they go to the robot planet with the robot dogs and <laughs> the giant robot queen who wants tin and gives him this stuff that makes him grow. Anyway, it's just all so in, insane in the way that comic books don't really get anymore. No. Like, like, comic books are insane in a different way now. Um, they're knowingly insane. Yes, right? They're, right. Yeah, and, and at that time, this guy like, was just... Wow, look how crazy I'm being. He was just writing this stuff and, and being crazy, and they were publishing it, and it was like, just Like, sincerely crazy, yeah. Going right through, yeah. but it's great. So I'm really glad my friend Greg bought me the um, the first archive version of Metal Men, which is mm. great. Now, I know that they're making Metal Men comics again now. I haven't oh, really? seen them, so I don't know if they're still crazy. Mm. The guy who originally wrote it, Bob Kaniger, I think he might still be alive. <laughs> wow. He's an old guy now, but yeah. you know, he's, he was writing stuff until pretty recently. But I'll check it out. I'll let you know. Are there Metal Men comics there, or did they, we lose them in the, in the no, collection? No, they're there. They're, they're there's yeah. some, yeah. Wow. I don't know what the numbers are, though. Yeah. I, I haven't input it all into an Excel spreadsheet yet, <laughs> but I'll do that with it. Um, and alongside that, speaking of robots, was mm. um, Magnus Robot Magnus Fighter. Robot Fighter. Now, those were gold key comics, yeah, right? Yeah. They were totally but, different. But, and there was, and, and the, one of the funny things I remember about that is I think in the Magnus ones there are little stories, as if, you know, maybe because the artist couldn't draw that much, but there would be like a Magnus story and then there would be like a like another little science fiction mm-hmm. story attached to the end of yeah. that comic book about and and I always think about this because you know you know how like the enterprise is like a weird looking vessel like if you were going to design a spaceship would you ever just do this <laughs> saucer with like this pylon and then this the cigar shaped thing and then these two wings with the two other you know nacelles up on the top it doesn't look like a spaceship but somebody you know that's a spaceship so so in these magnus robot fighter comics i think there were these other science fiction stories um, where the people go around in this giant spaceship mm-hmm. that's two, it's like two narrow side scrapers side by side that float along and they go down to the surface of planets and kind of float along like that. Like they're like moving uh, apartment buildings <laughs> attached together, like a giant H if you look at uh-huh. it one way, but they're kind of long. And and that was like a weird, unique design. And they were, I think they encountered monsters and stuff, mm-hmm. but it might have been a family that lived in there, and I can't even remember the name of it, but uh, that pops into my head, and these comic books are not in New Jersey, so I don't get to, to review and see where, you know what's going on. But um, those were more science fiction-y. Yeah. You know? the, the Magnus stuff, I mean, yes, it's crazy that there's this one guy that knows that robots aren't all good and everybody else is fooled by this and somehow he's always coming across bad robots and has to beat them up with karate. <laughs> yes. And he's the only one that can do it because he's got special hands that can, you know, karate robots. Um, but other than that, the drawings and the world that they created was as far into the future as mm-hmm. like a, an 11-year-old can imagine. <laughs> you know, the cars were cool because you laid down when you flew right, them. Right. All the cars were these low flat things that looked like, you know, squashed Ford Thunderbirds <laughs> that had no wheels because they, you know, everybody flew around. You never saw the ground. The buildings were very tall. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was one of those early things that, you know, Blade Runner now, you know, and all the things that came later on. I think there was an undercity in the Magnus stories that hardly anybody ever saw. Mm-hmm. Everybody lived up at the top of the skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. And, I think you're right, yeah. And when Magnus had to go find out that there was some bad robot loose, he would go down into the basements of all these these cities, and there was some nasty things going on down there in, in the undercity. And that idea was there. Mm-hmm. That must have been the 60s, right? The late 60s yeah. that that comic was out. And, and that came up in science fiction movies later on, like 10 years later, 15 years later. So it's it was all there. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to um, take a quick pause right now to turn the light on because it's getting okay. dark. But also, I want to give you your birthday present because okay. it's your birthday. And I'll, bring, I'll show you something okay, that I brought. Okay, so the birthday present is kind of under where you're sitting right now. So we'll turn it to knock the microphone over. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I was just kind of looking around for something that I thought would be good. I know. And um, so this book is Jack Kirby's Fourth World Omnibus, Volume 1. Okay. And it's color. Okay, the whole book? The whole book is color, and I think it collects all of the... The um, new gods? The, the new god stuff. I can see so that. the new gods and Mr. Miracle and some of the oh, other stuff. Oh, Mr. Miracle. Like, all kind of put together. Oh, this is so it. cool. This this guy on the cover is just like I was talking to you about Jack Kirby <laughs> drawing people. They have, the Men have no upper lip. They're just a line, and they have a big lower lip. But and he's actually, got red eyes. Yeah, I actually saw somebody that actually looked like that in a photograph. <laughs> it's a male model, you know, they're, they're very dramatic. Cool. Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're very oh, welcome. Oh, another birthday gone by, um, but this is great. I, I have been recently rereading the, the New God stuff uh, mm-hmm. that Kirby had drawn and just kind of freaking out over how great it is and how yeah. beautiful his art look is. At, look at the way he can draw. This is just what I was telling you about, <laughs> the way he can draw metal. I know. Like, no weird one piece of metal has this much reflection mm-hmm. in it, but you know that metal, reflect like chrome looks like that at some point. The black and the blue, he, likes, he spent time trying to make stuff look... You know, better than real. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what that's so great about his drawing. So I, I just oh, think boy. these stories were so amazing. <laughs> you know, and I think Jack Kirby was, he wished he was, yeah, okay, do you know about this? Do you know about the fact that this is something I was going to bring up before? He couldn't draw Superman's face. Oh, right. They had somebody yeah, else, somebody draw, else Superman's draw Superman's face. face yeah. And there it is right there. Yeah, you, you can, can see, see it. It looks it, horrible. It looks like he would leave a blank there. Yeah. I think he couldn't even draw Superman's head. <laughs> he couldn't do hair like that, the, you know, the, with the little curl, the little blue-black curl. Yeah, even the profiles and it yeah. doesn't look anything like anything else. So he had somebody else do that. <sighs> but look but at that! I know Jack Kirby wanted to be a hippie. I mean, he knew he knew that you know, like th- these characters here—not Mister Miracle, but some of these new gods guys are just—they're mm-hmm. just hippies. They're—they got long they're hair totally and beards hippies. and stuff. Yeah, look at that. Uh, but this. I, I'm just constantly amazed when I look at these things. His use of color mm. and how he lays out an entire page. Like, he was yeah. just king of this full-page layout because nobody else drew stuff like that. And I still don't see art like this. You know, as good as, as modern artists are, mm. I don't see anybody who has the confidence <laughs> in their drawings the way he does. You know, he it's like, you look at this page, okay, so this is a full-page spread of, yeah. what's it say, in the decaying atmosphere of what was once a slum garage, Jimmy Olsen embarks on the strangest experience of his career as a reporter. So Jimmy Olsen is looking at this um, New Gods-esque vehicle, which is bright, white, shining, with lots of chrome and glass and everything. It's, it's a like, huge two-page spread. It's like a much better uh, Fantastic car. car. Yeah, it's better than the Fantastic car. It has, I mean, look at what look at what he's showing you. There's like these, where you sit are these streamlined mm-hmm. things, but in the back is this huge, what looks like a V8 engine, <laughs> apparently, but giant-sized, with giant pipes coming out the top, and there's a, there's a big Aww. spoiler on it. I mean, the, the energy is that he took... You know, things that were real and mixed it with things that were completely yes. unreal. And you just sense it on the page. I mean, look at even, he's got multiple perspectives here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this is exaggerated. This guy is looking up mm-hmm. as if you're looking down on him. But then you're looking out at these characters. So yeah. it's a it's a definite cartoon, but he he was doing what he wanted to do. This is the way it looked to him yeah. when he was drawing cartoons. Exactly. And, and even, look at even these perspectives. Yeah, there's a chair that you're almost, it's out in the picture, yeah. but you're almost looking straight down. This mm-hmm. is like... This is like uh, 
This is like, crazy. It's, it's like Cubist. <laughs> it's a little bit, yeah. It's, it's, mixed a, up. it's ex- exaggerated know. perspectives. Like, like he, he could do whatever he wanted. He could draw energy. I think he invented these black dots. You know, when when they yeah. you want to show something crackling with energy, and yeah. you splot, you you get like a color. You get an orange or a pink background color, and you you blot in these black dots, and you make it look like it's just yep. glowing from within with a you know with a, almost like a lava. I think Jack Kirby invented that. I he think just you're could right. do energy better than anybody else. He was great. Look, he's you know he's ripping himself off here. He's got people that look like the Hulk in yeah. here. And he's got all kinds. I think he saw Godspell or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the Forever kind of, People. Yeah, the Forever People look like they should be in. I just saw Godspell on yeah, TV. So, oh, so that's Orion. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at that city, the floating city. Yeah. Oh, New Genesis. That's great. Yeah, I mean it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's a mixture of classical stuff, uh-huh. like these giant statues uh-huh. that, that people are like zooming around in. It's classical and futuristic at the same time. It, it was like a it was like a world's fair. I think when when you went to another planet and Jack Kirby invented it, it was like a world's fair that you wanted to go visit. You know, it, every place looked cool. Totally. And and the bad guys were really bad too. Oh, and it's just the whole New Gods thing with Mister Miracle and them coming through the boom tubes and all that. It's just so insane. Like it doesn't make any sense, even <laughs> though it made sense to him clearly. Well, look, here's the guy's been he's been drawing comics for like twenty years or thirty years, and he's trying to make something that's different. Yeah. And and he just he's just winging it. You know, he's inventing stuff like he. They must have had to invent stuff just. Every every half hour, you had to come up with something completely <laughs> new that wasn't that you weren't ripping yourself off that much. You had to be original, you know. And and it must have been very. It was. <laughs> Look at that. I'm looking at the the new gods playing somewhere, just just entertaining themselves with. There's a floating city in the background, and there's some weird, some weird spinning thing that kids are playing on. That's yeah. like this gold. Uh, Ferris wheel that's just in midair, mid-air and, they're, yeah. and they're all just playing around. I mean, he tried to give you an idea. This was, you know, this was Asgard that was re yeah. reconfigured, um, so it didn't. I guess so he could he could. Uh, who who was publishing it? DC was DC, publishing yeah, this. New Gods was on DC. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Look at this. They're they're taking photographs and they're drawing the cartoons on top, just yeah. like uh, Starenko was doing. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. I just so, uh, thought it would be cool because, you know, I, I, I wince every time I take these comics out of the bags because yeah. I just don't want them to dissolve. Well, it's great that, you know, it's great that you can actually read some of this stuff even though you have to buy it. Yeah. You, know? you have to buy it DC, get your money time. again. Yeah. Wow. This, this looks it's like, like Doris Danger, I know. Well, no, I, this actually looks like one of those, you know, when Kirby had to draw all those monster, yeah. a, monster a month things. It's got four arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I am the monster with four arms, monster. So, um, wow, great. So here, let me show you what I brought Ooh. here because I can't keep this anymore, but I've kept this forever. Um, what is it? Um, you were talking about, you know, how we were talking about how you get a subscription and you feel like you're really part of the Marvel world. Where this is all the stuff that I kept when oh I joined the Merry Marvel Marching Society. Now you can see my brother, uh, <laughs> Cosmic Boy, um, also joined. Wow. So we were each getting. All stuff from Marvel. So we kept... This is everything I had from that time. Some of it's not perfect, but... This is... I'm gonna, I, ha, I still have those two sweatshirts. Oh, the yeah. Marvel sweatshirts. The one okay. with the Hulk and the one with the thing. So you should keep all this stuff. Oh. I, somebody actually has a website. Ten cents. If, if you Google Mary Marvel Marching Society, you go to a website where a guy has photographed all this stuff, and you can oh. see it. You can kind of click through it. Yeah, I know. Ten cent postage for like a oh, eight and a half by 11. 
The voices yeah, of Marvel, they, they especially sent, They sent you a record. They sent you a, you know, a, a flexible... Uh, oh, it's still in here! <gasps> yeah, there's several of them, I think, in there. They would send you a mess. They're singing. There's a song, you know, the Mary wow. Marvel. I remember the song. song. I totally remember the song. Yeah. This that's, is that's great. Oh, this looks like your handwriting. Is this a self-addressed stamped envelope? I don't know. I don't... I don't maybe what not. This? There's this a photograph in there great. which with ice cream stains <laughs> on it, I'm sorry to say. I really think I was eating ice cream. There he is. Oh, look at that! Stan Lee with brown hair Stan and brown beard. Wow. And it says Excelsior, Stan Lee, standing in front of comic books. Comic you know, books. This is amazing. Editor of Marvel Comics, 1968. Yeah, I wrote that on the back yeah. of the picture. <laughs> yeah, like, like no one's going to know who it was. I really, but see how see me writing that made it seem like I thought he was sending that really just right. to me. You know? <laughs> he had that picture taken just Here are you. envelopes that, that are no prizes, which you would win a oh, no yes. prize. I sent. Okay, here's something. This is good. This is to me. Now, I just sent in something to one of the letters columns, uh-huh. and they sent it back from the editors on the second floor. A four cent thing, dear Paul. Many thanks for your thoughtful letter. We greatly appreciate your interest, and we hope we shall continue to deserve it. Cordially, yours, Stan and the gang. Now, everything. The dear Paul and the Stan and the gang are handwritten. The rest is just printed. Yeah. You know, pre-printed. But they actually added some text under it's there. A Stan fine and the gang. idea. We will consider it. Best wishes. Somebody took the time to write back to me because wow. I had written to the letters page at Marvel. That and of course, so cool. there's stickers that I didn't stick on. Oh, there were stickers I did stick on. There's more records. There's here's another one. Scream along, along with Marvel. Marvel. Here's a little stationary thing that you have all your stationery with oh, pens from the 1960s in here. Ballpoint pens. This is the best of kind of Jack Kirby drawing. I wish here. people could see my mouth hanging <laughs> open right now because this and, is uh, pretty amazing. Now, now this is going to make you sad though. This is cut up comic books. Look. <sighs> Oh. I have a folder where I took apart some comic books that I guess I wasn't keeping, Just but I kept. Some stories. I ke- well, I kept like special things. You know, in the back of Marvel Comics, I used to have like little special pages of uh, individual guys. Yeah, there's a special, and so I took these apart because I guess I wasn't keeping. So here's a page. That was just Hercules, because Hercules had his own comic mm-hmm. book, I think, at the time, because Thor was popular, and Doctor Strange, and here's here's a bunch of bad guys, a collection of bad guys. Wow. Here's a double-page spread. <gasps> Look at that. And now the stars of our show and the double-pager you've been demanding as only the titanic talent of Jack Kirby could portray them. Wow, Sue Storm has back. Look at that picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the seat oh, she's sitting okay. on. That's not just her butt. She looks like she's his sitting- bubble butt. Oh, these are so funny! And like, and by the way, you know, I've seen all kinds of things. No one draws the thing right. like Jack Kirby. I mean, look at the look at the detail and, and, and his yet, skin. So Kirby esque, like that hand reaching towards you, like yeah. this, with yeah. the fingers kind of like splayed at the same time. The thing is trying to balance on these kind of rocket roller skates that in midair, and uh, the rest of the Fantastic Four are arrayed around him. Of course, Johnny's flying, and yeah. Reed and Sue are on some kind of skymobile. But, um, yeah, I know they made the thing uh, smoother and bumpier and changed them all the time. But Yeah, there's, there's a collection of... Ooh, oh, see? look at that! They, they were made to be little posters. Best Bat Wishes from Batman and Robin. This was stapled in. Oh, though. this was Carmine Infantino who drew yeah. this. Wow. That's a nice one, though. Isn't that's that a good, beautiful. That's a good drawing. Yeah. I'm going to have to scan some of this stuff in so people can see it. Wasn't there uh, a button for Mary Marvel Marching Society? Yeah. Um, you know what? It's not in here, right? No. I do have a box with stuff in it, so if I find that, it's the next thing I'll be bringing to when I visit you is that button. I may have it. I may have it. 
If, um, is it worth anything? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm going to be bagging and boarding all of this stuff. Um, oh, look. It's it's Karnak. Karnak the, the Shatterer. Shatterer. He was part he was, of the Inhumans, yeah, right? The yeah. Shatterer. Hello. <laughs> uh, Black Bolt. And Black Bolt, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was just like gazing yeah, at this stuff. Yeah, good stuff. One of the one of the comics. Tell me if you if you thought these were really funny, and I'm assuming that you did because you bought them. Were the the Not Marvel brand? Ek. Yes, Marvel parody. Comics. I thought they were hilarious. And as far as I know, they haven't reprinted those. They haven't. Oh, um, oh did you draw that? Yes, this is my own <gasps> drawing, tracing oh, drawing of the human torch. <laughs> yeah, these are just mixed together. I don't know why. There's some. Oh, oh, well, that's, it's, oh, it's that's beautiful. There's a Gil Gil-Kane, Kane, of course. Green Lantern yeah. picture there. Great abs on that. Guy. Yeah. My um my my sometimes co-host Logan is a, a total Green Lantern fanatic, like to the extent that he's going to get one of those rings that they sell. <laughs> They're like a hundred bucks. Those really? rings. He really wants one. Yeah. I bought him a whole bunch of little um, Green Lantern toys that he keeps on his desk mm. at work. Yeah, oh, that's a, the Batcave, isn't it? What is no? This? Uh, no, this might be. The oh, Baxter, is this the Baxter Building? Might be the Baxter Building. Hold on. It's, it's Marvel. Yeah. Oh, it's the Avengers Mansion. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was not tall enough to be the Baxter Building. The Avengers had a had a mansion with a wow. giant basement. Apparently. Look, there's a kitchen with somebody in it. <laughs> and of course, there is X-ray specs on the back yeah. of some of these things. They really did have X-ray specs. Oh. Okay. So there. This is all keep, so awesome. Yeah, you can keep all this stuff. Please. You know, I will. And you know what? I also have, which I've talked about on my other show, the Star Trek show. Um, the stuff that you had sent away for early in Star Trek history, the writer's guide. Mm, you have that? I have that. Oh, I, and it's safe. It's in a bag and everything. <laughs> but I'm really happy that it's like the original one. They were sending them as like 67 mm-hmm. or 68, you yeah. know, for mm-hmm. people who actually wanted to write for the show. Like at that point, it yeah. wasn't a souvenir. It was It was a real thing. Yeah. 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 Which was just so awesome. Oh, this stuff is all they so cool. They have to have cool. what, 90 scripts or something yeah. in total? Well, I'm going to be busy with the scanner. I can see that. I will have someone somewhere probably has like transcribed yeah. these into MP3 formats. Yeah, I'll already. But, the, you know, and I think they're playable. And you have to put them on top of another record yeah. if you have a turntable. Look at this, though. So the date on this is March 67. Look how bright the colors are in this little send-away thing here. Yeah, and and I think I sent away for those, but oh, really? I guess we don't have them anymore. Uh-huh. But they were individual page posters of... Uh, yeah, twelve by sixteen. Yeah, for a buck, eight for a dollar. What yeah. a bargain! And they were they were very carefully drawn, you know. Yeah. Uh, characters. Oh, these are so cool! Wow. And that was probably like that messenger. Was, yeah. That was like a little mini newsletter. This is great. But that's how you got kids <laughs> kind of thinking that they they couldn't be without the next yeah. comic book. They just were dying for something else to come out. This stuff is so awesome. Wow, I, can't, I didn't know you had all this, that you saved it all. Yeah, this in his original amazing. folders. Yeah. Well, I will, I will treat everything with, with utmost care. But even the, the, what's funny is, like you said, not Brand Eck is them making fun of themselves yeah. and making fun of the comic book game. And I think kids did get it because you could see, you know, um, when they would say that, you know, the mighty Thor is mighty Thor. Yeah. Because he hurt his thumb, you know. Uh, you got it when you were a kid. Yeah, I, or, or these. Here's the thing of Captain America a sticker that they yeah. have. Captain America's one of those action poses, those Jack Kirby action poses with his one arm back and one arm way forward with the shield, and he's he's running towards you. And and the little caption says, "May I take two giant?" I know steps? all those stickers have really funny things. Yeah, they, they, were, they were making fun of. They were putting these out, things out seriously and making fun of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. And kids got it. They did. 
Ah, oh, this is so awesome. So, um, I have to ask you, like, do you ever read any comic books these days? Um, I'll tell you what. I uh, I think we talked about this a couple of days ago, but um, I I'm amazed that first of all, I'm still amazed that you can go into Borders or uh, Barnes and Noble and sit down and just grab some books and read you know all day. So I that's the only thing I do. I don't buy them. <laughs> I kind of feel you know. I don't know where to even start. Mm-hmm. I hear about stuff because stuff does make it. I think that some of the newspapers have like little comics columns sometimes mm-hmm. and they'll say, well, you know, and I read about like the, uh, the civil war, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, I guess the X-Men thing started, you know, trying to parallel things going on in the world mm-hmm. with, you know, things going on in the comic book universe. And, and now there's this, you know, this authority versus, you know, non-authority civil war thing. And, and I, I think it's interesting. I wouldn't even know where to start mm-hmm. and I'm not going to buy, I know I'm not going to buy dozens and dozens of comic books just to try to follow the story. I'd like to see it all somewhere, but you know, the idea of putting out a little slender volume every month, mm-hmm. it seems, you know, I, I can't, I can't commit to it. So yeah. Yeah. a lot of people think that comics are just going to go to trades. Like eventually there won't be really monthly comics mm-hmm. anymore and it'll just be collected stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's really going to happen. But, but I agree with you, and I've, I've said this a lot of times when talking about mainstream comics or even other stuff, that it's just so unfair to expect you to buy so many different comics just to follow a story. Mm. And I really, really wish that, that comics would at least go back to you know, a story in an issue. Maybe not every issue, but it would be nice to do that once in a while where you would mm-hmm. like get it, you would read the story, it had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's done in mm-hmm. that issue. And then you're ready for the next story the next time the mm-hmm. next issue comes out. Nobody does it anymore. I mean, it's that, so that, frustrating. That is a format. that like A, sh- a good short story format does that. I yeah. mean, it, it, they, they know how much space they have to tell a story in, and it affects, the, you know, the size of the story affects the size of, of the the ideas within it and the size of uh, the number of frames that you know you can devote to it and the compactness of what you're exactly. doing. Exactly. I mean, we were laughing. You you almost laugh about the legion of superheroes because they condense an enormous story into a tiny package, yeah. a tiny monthly package. And it's comical because there's a giant backstory. There's stuff happening on other planets and it's all, they'll cover it in one frame. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that sets it up for their little adventure that the Legion uh, superheroes are having. And it'll all wrap up, I mean, too, too well. You know, it's just too crazy that, yeah. that it became so compact. But, but why stretch thing. it all? Right. Well, that's it. I mean, I, when I read the comics, the, I don't buy regular Marvel and DC comics unless it's something I really like, like mm-hmm. Young Avengers. But I go to the library because they have trade stuff collected. Oh, and yeah. I'll read, like, you know, Ultimate Avengers or something. And the amount of decompression is horrible. <laughs> you know, it's just, like, pages and pages. I was just, I was ranting about this one because there's a whole, like, two, maybe even three pages of the Avengers sitting around in the equivalent of the Avengers Mansion, just kind of shooting the breeze and talking about who's going to play them in their next movie. It's like, uh. get on with it! <laughs> I don't have time for this. If this is supposed to be character development, like two frames, mm-hmm. not two pages. Mm-hmm. And then I feel really angry when I get to finish it because the story's not done and they could have moved the plot forward by leaps and bounds if we hadn't yeah. spent so much time with people talking about who's going to play them in movies or looking at each other or looking well, at the weather. Well, you know, I guess... <sighs> Artistic comics, you know, not superhero, uh, has, have made cinematic reaction shots yeah. and close focus and blow-ups of a, the, a single eyeball, 
you know, quivering for yeah. reaction made that like a staple of dramatic comic book stuff. So you get, I guess, a lot of that even in your superhero comics. You'll get a lot of, you know, one dramatic moment can be stretched over two or three pages with reaction shots and close-ups of people's faces. And, and, and so I guess it starts to feel like that's, that's the way you, you exercise your muscles, you know, your artistic so. muscles is to, is to put more and more detail in, but yeah, you're stretching the moments out longer and longer. And, and you, I guess you stretch the stories out because there's no rush. And because you want it to stay, because we have six issues and we have to make this story fit yeah. over an, a six-issue story arc. So the movies are the places that it, that it, you, it gets recondensed down into. Exactly. Like, like Superman 3 has four villains and, <laughs> and they're cutting frantically from like one guy to another guy trying to keep all those stories juggling at the same time. And that's the way comic books used to be, I, I think. I know. <laughs> <sighs> very, very frustrating. So, I don't know, um, if you ever, I would recommend you go to the library and see if your library has trades at some I point. I have not done that, I will. Um, just will to, to sample them, so mm-hmm. you can see. Because I got to read some really good stuff at the library that I probably wouldn't have bought, and I, I don't know if I still would buy it, but like I got to read Dark Knight Returns, mm. which is the big Batman the, thing that yeah. got recharged, and yeah. I just was never sure if it was good enough, mm. so I'm glad I got to read it. Without having to buy it, which was good, and and I didn't. I'm not sure if I liked it enough that I would buy it, mm-hmm. but I also got to read things that um, I did end up getting, like Watchmen, which mm-hmm. was really excellent. And then they just had this, um, what are they calling it? The their ultimate editions or whatever it came in a nice hardcover mm-hmm. in a box and all the rest of it. And I'm glad I got to read it and know that I really wanted to have that yeah. in mm-hmm. a nice version. So I think libraries are great for that kind of stuff, but I, I just I'm so. Amazed that they, the comic book industry, the big two anyway, are continuing to kind of follow this path where you have to buy dozens and dozens of comic books. Yeah. When I think they could be attracting more readers if they would make it a little more handleable. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like shorter stuff and wrap it up a little quicker. Well, I guess you know it's a combination of um, you get something that sells and you want to keep it going mm-hmm. uh, instead of having a finite series where you're going to say this is like, you know, even if you wanted to say that there was a that there was going to be a storyline where you're going to have, you know, a giant cosmic battle between mm-hmm. good men. You don't start a new comic line to to have 12 issues and then end it. Mm-hmm. You you try to spread it out amongst all your different comic lines and try to make them all sell. And you're, you're still selling to the same people that were buying them yeah. in the first place. But, uh, you know, if, if, if people knew that you could buy, you know, over the course of even six months, maybe you could buy, you know, six issues and have a complete story that was going to be... People might even think that if you bought those six, well, you could keep those six and they would be collectible. I mean, everybody thinks everything's collectible now, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be. But, uh, yeah, you don't know where these things are going when they start either. You don't know how long your commitment's going to be to the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Anyway, okay. Well, I think those are all the questions we have for you tonight. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to mention? Uh, No. Are you mad that I have our entire comic book collection out here? (laughs) That you don't get to see it anymore? No. No, I'm not mad. Okay. I wasn't really looking at it before, and uh, it's part of you know my personal history. That I, I do remember very fondly, but I don't go through them and kind of look at them too much. I okay. guess you know, I guess I kind of put that to sleep. I, I still you know, I, my my interest took different directions. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord of the Rings and and uh, fantasy novels stayed, science fiction novels stayed, um, comic books and cartooning stayed because. I, I like all the people that do crazy things in in, uh, in in cartooning, and even Calvin and Hobbes, and mm-hmm. and more creative stuff like that. And, and uh, but superhero stuff, I, I just didn't stick with it. Um, 
and uh, I guess you know the, the the last time I remember kind of growing up and getting a little older and Neil Adams drawing stuff that that I thought was really cool and and uh, and uh, after that I kind of just fell off fell off the wagon of comic <laughs> books and I guess the artists that were out there didn't really grab me mm-hmm. um, and uh, I remember he was like the last artist that I that I really kind of tried to follow just because I liked the way things were drawn. And Did I tell you he's crazy now? Bill <laughs> no. Adams? Did I not tell you no, this? Oh yeah, that. I heard him interviewed on another podcast that I listened to that's uh-huh. called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. He still draws and his oh, art yeah. is still beautiful. But um, he has somehow convinced himself that he's discovered this theory that the Earth is expanding and that the Earth used to be much smaller mm. than, than it is now. And that's why dinosaurs were so big because there was less gravity. <laughs> He actually talks about this? Absolutely. Wow. And you can go to this website that he has. I forget what the, the name of it is, but he has this whole theory, and it's, of course, contrary to what we know about mm. science and physics and all that, but That's he knows that he's I, I wonder right. if that has something to do with like the whole idea of compressed perspective in little kind of square panels, like two-by-three-inch panels. Like everything everything in his life had, had to be compressed into like the size of a eight-and-a-half-by-eleven sheet and then compressed again in these forced perspectives into these tiny little squares within that square, within that square, within that square. And so it's kind of maybe gave him like... Maybe, maybe that's what happened to his brain. The idea is that, yeah, it kind of forced him to kind of think in a, in a different way. Mm. That's so funny. All right. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Thanks so much for chatting about comics because this is really fun. And mm-hmm. the next time you come out for a visit, if I'm back there we can definitely talk about some more stuff sure I think that would be great so thanks again for all the the Marvel stuff I'll definitely um, scan it so people can see it I will promise I'll take good care of it okay Okay, out there in Marvelland, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking. You've probably never heard a record like this before because no one would be nutty enough to make one with a bunch of offbeat artists, so anything is liable to happen. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, Lee? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby, say a few words to the fans, Jackson. Okay, a few words. Look, pal, I'll take care of the humor around here. You, you've been using the same gags over and over for years. Well, you can't accuse me of being fickle, can you? By the way, Jack... The readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw her bald-headed. Boy, I'm glad we caught you and you were in a good mood. Oh, Stan, do you have a few minutes? For our fabulous gal Friday? Sure. Say hello to the fans, Flo Steinberg. Hello, fans. It's very nice to meet you. As Marvel's corresponding secretary, I feel as though I know most of you from your letters. By the way, Saul Brodsky wants to say a few words. Saul Brodsky? Who's he? Stan, the fans know you have a bad memory by all the mistakes you make, but this is ridiculous. He's been your associate for years. Really? We ought to start paying him one of these days. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. And how come I don't get my name plastered all over the mags like you do? Because I can't spell it, that's why. Well, as long as you've got a good reason. Hey, what's all that commotion out there, Sal? Why, it's shy Steve Ditko. He heard you making a record, and he's got Mike Fright. Whoops, there he goes. Out the window again? You know, I'm beginning to think he is Spider-Man. You mean he isn't? Who said that? Just that lovable old letter of me. It's adorable Addie Simic. What brought you here? The subway. Oh, well, ask a bonehead question, Flo. Stan, Sam Rosen is on the phone. How are the letter of my competitor? Just for fun, Artie, you talk to him. Hi, Sam. This is Artie. How's it going, pal? Just great, Artie. I sure admire your lettering. I admire yours, too, Sam. I think you're tops. Thanks. Well, nice talking to you. The pleasure was all mine. I never could stand that guy. Well, that's our Artie. 
Just imagine what Sam is saying about him now. Well, let's see who else we can get on this record. How about Chick Stone? Okay. Hi, Chick. How's Tricks? Fine, Stan. I'm reading the latest story. It's great. What a thriller. Now, that's what we like to hear, Chick. Which one of our comics is it? Who's reading a comic? This is a novel about James Bond. I can't wait to finish it. Well, we're going to miss Chick around here. Oh, look who just came in. Kid Daredevil himself, Wally Wood. Is that a tape recorder, Flo? You know I'm afraid to talk into these machines. I can never think of anything to say. I'm not a big talker. I shut up like a clam. I get struck dumb. My mind goes okay, blank. Okay, okay, okay. Forget it. Boy, I'd hate to hear you when you feel like talking. Stan, Dick Ears is on the phone. Let's surprise him. Hi, Dick. We have a recorder playing, and you're talking to millions of people right now. You're some kind of nut or something? I just want to tell you I want to raise. Dick, don't you understand? People are listening. You're talking to the whole world. I always knew you'd crack someday, Lee. Just my luck. It had to happen when I asked you for some more dough. Well, I'm going back to Sergeant Fury. Goodbye. Another phone call for you, Stan. Oh, not anymore. I'm getting an earache. But it's Don Heck. The idol of the Iron Man fans? The ace of the Avengers? Hi, Don. What's doing? Uh, Stan, I was just wondering, uh, wasn't I supposed to draw Iron Man last week? Sure. Why do you ask? So how come you mailed me a Patsy Walker script? Yike! Did I do that? That's awful. Oh, well, don't worry. I'll send it back to you. That's not why I'm worried. I must have sent your script to Al Hartley. I can just imagine Iron Man looking like Patsy Walker this issue. Okay, talk to you later, Don. Don't worry about it, Stan. Don't you remember that Al Hartley used to draw adventure strips? It may not be too bad. Well, well, look who's here. Stan G., our demon colorer. I've been meaning to talk to you, Stan. When are you going to remember it's the Hulk who has green skin, not Captain America? Gee whiz, the guy can't remember everything. Anyway, I had to tell you what MMMS meant last week, and you're the guy who made it up. But when I forget something, it's different. Yeah, it's worse. Stan, this is the most confused record I ever heard. Great, Sol. Just what we want. If it were anything else, it wouldn't be the nutty marble bullpen. Gosh, we don't have time for George Bell and Vince Coletta and Larry Lieber and Bob Powell and... That's great. Now, if we ever form another club, we'll have something new to offer. Voices that haven't been heard yet. Enough said, Sol. Now, let's all get back to work in the bullpen, and as for you, marvelous, merry marchers, welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Okay, let them hear it, gang. Try to be judicious. Be a good advisor. 
never ever vicious. And where will you be then? Face front! Show you how to... 